Hey, what's poppin', people? My name is Kazim Famiwide, or you could call me Kaz, whatever floats your boat. And I'm the host of Say Less, a podcast I started during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, we were all just kind of forced to stay in our houses to do absolutely nothing. I've been known for a lot of other things. And you may remember me from a previous podcast, Flagrant 2. And to be honest, the relaunch of this show was supposed to look very, very different from this. See, this is where I record a lot of the previous episodes, right here in my office. However, the disease that's plagued America for nearly 400 years continues to dominate, and I couldn't wait for the next episode to speak on it. And that is the disease and pandemic of systematic racism. Much of what you're about to see was taped just about two weeks ago, and this is before the death of George Floyd and a protest that have captured the attention of the entire world. And when the show starts, you'll usually see a disclaimer on the show that says, you know, the views and opinions of Kaz aren't necessarily those of Whistle Sports and Brother and yada, yada, yada. But I would hope that the views I'm about to express isn't just that of vertical networks, but everybody who watches this show and listens to this podcast. The conversations of police brutality, systemic and institutionalized racism, and white people like the many folks watching this network and... The white folks that are in charge of this platform using their privilege for the preservation of black lives. If that conversation makes you just a little bit uncomfortable, I'm imploring you to just go ahead and click that red button in the corner or the small X in the window right now because I'm totally good on your support. I don't need it. The conversation isn't leaving anytime soon. And after I say what I have to say, we'll get back to some fun and sports and cracking jokes and enjoy everything that Say Less will be about. However, the time for sitting on the sidelines while your black brothers and sisters fight this with one arm tied behind your back, that time, it's done. As disheartening as the deaths of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and countless others have been, this is the first time I can remember in my years of living that there's really nowhere else for America to turn away. There's no distractions. Unfortunate circumstances of COVID-19 that's put a halt on the wonderful world of sports that we all love and entertainment. It's forced this country to truly put a mirror up to itself and own up to the United States of America's original sin of slavery. From the disproportionate rates of coronavirus infections in inner cities, not necessarily being tied to anything biological, to Central Park Karens everywhere actually showing you that they know the power that they have to make life difficult to black people everywhere just by calling the cops to where we are now. It's all connected. And it's not enough to just say these things need to stop. It's time for some action. And if there's anything that I've learned in the past few days between everybody talking and protests and everything that's going on in the world, it's this pressure works. Campaign Zero has launched hashtag 8CantWait. Now, these are eight use of force policies that can be implemented right now. Not after primaries, not by the next presidential election, but right now. By finding your mayor's contact info and enforcing the following policies, including these. The banning of chokeholds and strangleholds, like the one that killed Eric Garner in Staten Island. Requiring the de-escalation before any use of brute force. Requiring verbal warnings before shooting your firearm. Exhausting all alternatives before shooting. Enforcing duty to intervene, meaning fellow cops not just standing there as people die.
banning shooting at moving vehicles, establishing the use of force continuum, and requiring all uses of forces to be reported. These policies alone can reduce police violence in the United States of America by up to 72%. Now what you can do is go to 8can'twait.org for info on how you can contact your mayor and enforce these policies. Because blackness is not a crime. The edict of this great country is that all men are created equal. And for far too long, that simply hasn't been true. But for now, it actually feels like the people of all creeds and colors, rich and poor, white and black, are finally listening. It would be easy to have this fight fall by the wayside as the NBA returns and sports start to return to our normal lives. It's important to realize that we are in this for the long haul. The work will not be done for quite some time. So the people on the front lines, the people online, the people continuing to make anything that they can do to help out, please keep up the good fight. And of quotes and statements and movements like Black Lives Matter in the year 2020 just matters. It's still a controversial statement to you, please, for the love of all things good. Go fuck yourself. Now let's start the show. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Say Less Podcast. It's your boy Cass here once again, coming to you live from the crib. <laughs> uh, and Say Less is brought to you by Whistle Sports and Brother. Uh, if you have, checked out the new show on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to youtube.com slash brotherhq. And uh, as well, check it out on Whistle Sports. Uh, part of Team Whistle, man. I'm really excited about the partnership. If you enjoyed uh, the episode uh, on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, hit us up, all that type of stuff. Um, obviously, I've had a lot to say about everything that's going on in the past few weeks, past few hundred years, obviously, about black oppression and racism and police brutality. And you can see everything I had to say on the uh YouTube version of the best of Say Less that drops every Friday on Wilson Sports and Brother. Obviously, if you're listening to this episode and you're subscribed, as you always have been, uh, you will be listening to a podcast I recorded with one of my good friends, the UFC middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya. Now, this was obviously taped a few weeks back before, um, you know, he was on the front lines in New Zealand leading protests about George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and everything going on. So the, the conversation is a little bit lighter than, uh, you know, you're expecting, but it's still enjoyable, man. Obviously, he's one of the best fighters on the planet, one of the best guys I know. And uh, we get to catch up. Missed the dude. Haven't seen him in a while, obviously, because of quarantine, but I'm sure I'll see him very, very soon. So... If you enjoyed the conversation, make sure you subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to it. Just type in Sailors with Cads. And we're back, you know, starting Monday, obviously. You'll be seeing new episodes. You'll be seeing grand, grand uh, interviews and just good talk, man. Just really good talk. And obviously the conversations around what's going on in the world isn't going anywhere. But I hope to, you know, take your mind off of things. And just speaking as a black man that's been going through all this, we can all kind of use that a little bit. But just because... We take time to laugh and take time to enjoy ourselves and be entertained. Does not mean we take our eye off the ball. You know, we're in it for the long haul. The work is not done. So, 
you're enjoying this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check out my interview with Stylebender, Izzy Adesanya. So, Emilio, as you do ever so greatly, it's been a while since I asked you to do this. So, please, my brother, hit the fucking music. Izzy, holy shit, you have blonde hair, bro. <laughs> I think it's like the, the second or third time I've ever done this, so. Or? Yeah, just bringing it back. Yeah, bringing it back. I think I posted a little throwback not long ago. I'll send it to you after this. I yeah, you look like, you look like Kyle Kuzma or, or fucking Cisco. Is he going for a Cisco <laughs> look or something? <laughs> About that life, though. <laughs> About that life. How you? I, 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 usually, when I start these interviews now, obviously, I'll be good on some like, how are you holding up and shit. But you're in New Zealand, yeah. And yeah. like, they seem to have like nailed this and, and and got it right already. So, how how are things over there? And I'm highly jealous. Can I come live with you? <laughs> come through, man. I got a <laughs> room. Um, no, nah, but I think we've. We, I don't think we've squashed the curve, but we flattened it like so heavily and um like now we're on level two we started off at level four lockdown and that was for a month that was four weeks of just stay in your bubble don't fuck with nobody else but then we went down to level three for about a week and a bit i think and now we're on level two so i went to a restaurant last week um drank with my boys um and this weekend i think bars are open but there's like some rules and stuff there's options there's there's things in place to help with um minimizing the contact but Bruh, I'm I'm over it. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, like, you're I'm over. I'm like your boy. Yeah. You're over, it. Yeah. bro. Yeah, I am. <laughs> as as we speak, right? It's it's eleven twenty, right? I think it's about tomorrow or Thursday. Thursday would make I think the tenth week we've been sitting here doing nothing. Like wow, no restaurant like now people starting to get slick like they'll have like little like gatherings outside the restaurant but you can't be like inside yeah. it and shit but like you know yeah they're still beating the black people over three as well. yeah. <laughs> oh, bro, fuck. i've seen i've seen some of the fucking videos man i went on a tirade on, on on my stories a little bit from the um the shooting in um was it georgia bro yeah from that one then i just like saw all these other stories and sometimes like for me personally as a black man and people i hate when people especially in these like oh that's American politics. Why are you getting involved? I'm like, first of all, I, I, I go to America a lot. And when I'm there, I, it's we know this. It happens to us. It's like water off a duck's back, the covert stuff. Yeah. And the overt stuff sometimes. But, like, they're not going to look at me and be like, oh, no, but you're from Nigeria. Oh, no, you're from you're Kiwi. I'm not going to be. They don't give a fuck. I'm black. My yeah, black. You're, you're black, bro. It's, it's, it's not, not, it's you I'm, don't I'm, have a I'm choice. Black. You can't take it off. Exactly. So they don't know, like, oh, you're from New Zealand. I'm not gonna. It just sucks, and it happens all the time. Like, but it just there's always one that just like breaks the the camel's back, and then I just like, what the fuck? Because even when I start venting on on, on 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 social media, nobody could say shit. I might right. be fucking the money up, but I don't really give a fuck. Because like, no one can say shit. Because it's like, let me vent. Someone tried to come at me with um, you know. Oh, not all people, this and that. I said, hey, bro, shut the fuck up. First of all, I know this. If not, if I had some kind of racist mentality, my friends would not be as diverse as they are. Yeah. You understand? Facts. But like, sometimes a nigga got to vent, like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck can you not do? You're just going for a jog, and then these fucking hillbillies kill you. For what? Like, that sh- that one hit me just because it's just, I saw the video, and he was trying to fight back, and the nigga on the back of the truck was just like, nah, fuck these dudes, man. They're just... 
Uh, don't get me started, man. I'll be down the rabbit hole. Fuck, nah, bro, rabbit hole. What, what makes it super fucking ass is that like it happened months ago. It happened like February, and we all we all yeah. caught one a couple weeks February. ago, and then the video comes out, and it, and yeah, you would think you'd be used to it at this point, but like you feel like it it, it, it never fucking ends, yo. It never fucking ends. Um, man, let's uh, talk. Man, let's, don't get let's, it. And the same rhetoric comes out. This... It's the same shit. It's it's like okay, well, Carry you on. know, this guy. You, and and the worst thing about it is, a couple weeks later, you'd be like, oh, this guy was arrested for 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 marijuana possession, and he was five years old, or like in middle school. It's like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, it, it's yeah. always our people that tend to get vilified. After they get murdered, yeah. like you can't even like rest in like rest Constantly. in peace is supposed to be a, a a term. You can't even rest in peace if you're a black man, bro. Like they got to kick you out, you down. Make sure nobody takes you. your your story as as fact or whatever, and throw you under the grave, man. It's terrible. But anyway, mm. champ. Yeah, what do you man. want? You are kicking someone while they're dead. Yeah, <laughs> champ. Let's talk a little fighting, man. Uh, the UFC, obviously. Is one of the, uh, I guess if you count WWE, the UFC is one of the first actual sports that came back <laughs> uh, here in America. Uh, kind of yeah. some sort of normalcy back to it. And um, I think in a weird way, uh, the UFC has sort of increased its popularity now because, you know, for the first like two or three weeks, it was the only show in town. And we're seeing, you know, I, I guess we're almost desensitized to the violence. But when there's no crowd to, like, react to hits and kicks and, like, leg kicks and, and wrestling and all that type of stuff, it looks way more – like, it was already violent looking, but it's way more violent now. What were yeah. your thoughts watching the – uh, It looks, it, it looks more oh, like – um, Let's go. It, it looks more like one of those um, dark web shows, like, on, on the, you know, like the fight to the death in front of some billionaires. <laughs> But um, I like I like I like a crowd. Don't get me wrong, but I also like no crowd. I like right. the, the intimacy it brings. It it goes back to like just the roots of just me and this dude and a few other people that's gonna watch a scrap. And you can you can either hear his corner. He can wait. My my next guy probably can't hear my corner, but like you can um you have to be able to even like they, they mentioned in the la- one of the last shows that like you have to be able to coach differently because there's no crowd. Also, mm-hmm. there's no crowd to influence. Like you don't have thirty thousand drunk people just yelling shit, like dumb shit, or booing or cheering. Like you just get to be you and that person. And yeah. I like that. I really like that. I seen I seen a couple fights where um, I forgot the first one that I saw last week, but he was losing the first round. And you can hear the commentary and the coach saying, like, oh, go ground, go ground. And then he changed his he changed his strategy mid fight. And that's yeah. not something he could necessarily have yeah. with the, with a big crowd. So I mean, assuming, you know, you, you fight in the near future, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything's kind of up in the air with you and travel and getting to Jacksonville, I guess, and getting to Florida to fight, or whatever. Yeah. How do you think that's gonna that's going to change or or influence the way you enter the octagon and, and you kind of defend your title when it's time to happen. When it's time to happen, given the fact that we might not have crowds when it's time to fight again. I like it. I hope my next one might be on the fire because the UFC purchased some island. I'm like, I don't know if they fucking bought out X. Ex- 
in line and then fucking sanitize that bitch. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I hope my next fight is on the island because the next guy I'm fighting, he's some type of, he's a he's a perfect antagonist, you know. So who, I, who I are you fighting? Again? I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing lots of names. In. I'm saying Costa. Costa. Nah, Costa everyone, it's definitely happening. Every yeah, it's Costa. I want him next. I've been saying this since July last year. I want him next, and Dana said, "No, let's wait." Let's wait. And then now it's the perfect time because I'm undefeated. He's undefeated. And I'm the champ. You know, he's coming from my house. I'm, uh, it's like the perfect storm. And to happen mm-hmm. on an island, like, I just, I don't know, something about that. Just, it's like some Mortal Kombat into the dragon type <laughs> shit, you know? Um, but I think also. It's exactly how it went into the world to be, right? Like, when, when everything's going <laughs> to shit, there's no sports. The only sport is. Fight to the death in a cage on an island. That's how I always picture this all can't, going out. You know what I mean? But this is the guy that you said the Ricky yeah. Martin looking dude, no, right? Like, oh, facts, facts. He's the one. He's the juice head. Nah. Juice I mean, no, I mean, so like uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of a lot of them are juice heads, though. Yeah, like, I feel like you, you've had you've had your your no, fill. Like, but since Yosada came. Yeah, you saw it came through though and shut that whole shit down. But now it's like a cat and mouse game. Like the the juices are the, are the rats, and mm. then you saw it as the cat. So you have to always play catch up. Like now they have some other technology that's like ahead. Because even me personally, I know I haven't been tested in this quarantine. Right, I haven't been tested. So I, well, I'm not juicing. But those who are, well, get your feel while you can. Get your feel while you can. So you think right now, while people are are quarantined and and you know there's obviously no way that people can test, do you you think that there's a lot of people just getting their fill as much as they can until it's time to get back to work? Hundred percent. Yep. Exactly. There's definitely that. So I can talk about it because I mean, you know, we know we know what's right. up. But how, I mean, how does that affect you, bro? I mean, you're the middleweight champion of the world. You're undisputed middleweight champion of the world. You gotta, you, there's always gonna be those clouds of judgment with everybody you fight or most people in the UFC because, yeah. you know, obviously there's certain people that come and go and you could see it on certain folks and you can see it on certain folks and it's so rampant, mm-hmm. not just in mixed martial arts, but in the UFC in general. Yeah. I mean, like, how, how do you even prepare for certain things yeah. like that? Or does it even affect you at all? None. No, it doesn't affect me too much because at the end of the day, for me, it's about skills. It's about skills that pay the bills. And the chin, the chin doesn't have anything that can stop from getting touched and getting, you know, popping that bubble. Mm. So, but but there's also that integrity that's there. Because I know for me, if I wouldn't want to anyway, because fuck, I like my nuts. I don't want my nuts to break. <laughs> I always that, you know, in the back of my head. That if you if you do steroids, your nuts is gonna shrink, and I'm like, Fuck you'll get that. that Barry Bonds head, like that, that should, you'll be like, like a size twelve fitted. <laughs> yeah, bro, and that back knee, like you see some of these guys. I've seen like everyone I was when I was fighting and living in China. There was a guy I fought, and I look at his back, and I was like, man, you can play connect the dots to write like draw a sailboat or something on his back from all the back knee. But it's just it's, it's an unfortunate part of sports, like not just MMA, but like just the sports. But you know, you though you sort of came in and really did a good job of cleansing it, like really cleansing it of all the bullshit and all the all the all the steroid abusers. But like I said, it's a cat and mouse game. There's those who have new technology to be able to bypass some tests till the testing catches up to that, and then they have to create new new ways. But I don't really know what they're doing. I don't care. I just, I, bro, I just got this back. 
well, a little bit. I just, this is the first time, actually, I just realized in 10 weeks, I'd be, what up? Oh, hey, there it is. There it is. It's in a long time. Man, is, is, that, the, is that the new one? Is that the Bro, one you brought like, the player to? So we can appreciate it. <laughs> it's the same one. I told you niggas, man, I'm, I'm the fucking chairman. What interim? Interim what? I've been saying that, dude. No interim. If you look closely on the belt, it says middleweight champion, world UFC champion. I don't see no interim. I've been saying that. So it's the exact same one. And now you see the rubies. So I've defended my belt twice. Ooh. I'm waiting for my third one. Oh. So, so tell me about those. So those rubies, every time you defend it, you get a new one in there? Is he there? Yeah, I've been saying that. Like, there's no. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm right here. Uh-huh. I've been saying there's no interim, man. I was the champ before I got in the UFC. And same thing with this. I like this is just me sitting in my coach's house in this right. case. I don't like to be one of these guys that walk around with it every day and and get attached to it. I feel that that, that gives you a false sense of security. Right. It gives you a false sense of security that this this is forever. And I know this isn't forever. Fighting's not forever. Eventually, I'm gonna leave this shit. And you won't hear from me again till someone sees me at a grocery store in about a year's time. So I don't <laughs> like to get too attached to this because for me, if you do, then you get complacent, you know? And yeah, yeah I want I want to have that. I want to have that contender mentality. I'm a champ. I've already been saying it before I even got the belt. I said this shit to fancy TR, but like, I just want to be able to be, stay hungry. I want to stay hungry. So I don't like to look at it. So I leave it at my coach's house. But, you know, I had to remind myself, that's right, I'm a motherfucking champ. <laughs> so uh, you, you said something real interesting there you said you, you're not trying to do this for that much longer i mean what's obviously there's fights that i want to see you take on there's, there's people i want to see you beat up and win oh. but like what no 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 what I, are some I didn't of those that. boxes that. that you I want to get off i'm not doing this forever i'm not doing this forever oh you want to do this forever right right no, right i'm not but, saying I, I, yeah yeah, so I'm gonna do. I have like like a lot more years in me. Don't don't worry about that. But there's definitely, like I said, clean out this division. Like I already, have, I have three names, four maybe in mind. It depends if the guy climbs the ranks fast enough. And this times maybe not. But I have those names to do. Then I jump up to light heavyweight, fuck up Jones, then go back down to middleweight, finish creating like this clean the division again, and then I'll probably just be like, see ya. Mm. <laughs> that's it so let's there's there's two things there's two things i want to yeah. touch on that uh the jones thing man you you and john jones have been mm. hilariously going back and forth now for what seems like almost two years now and yeah it's at first you know what i mean i thought it was just kind of like well you know this is this will be a nice fantasy like maybe one day we'll see this fight but like as the years go by as your profile gets higher, as it starts to seem like Jones might need this fight with you, you know what I mean? The bigger star you get and the more, you know, accolades that he gets, mm-hmm. how soon would do you think you'd be able you'd be ready to take on John Jones if that were to happen? That like the same day I said twenty twenty one in Las Vegas, but I have to do right by the division. And that's the same thing I've been saying. Look, Francis just called him out. Is it Francis that called him out? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if he called Francis out or Francis. Either way, the guy's been there in the company. This for over 10 years. Yeah. Clean that's over. 
and you're expecting me to do something that you haven't done. So I was like, the fuck you talking about? Let me do right like the way he did and cleaned out his division. That's what I said. I, let me just clean my division out and I'm going to come see you. But they like to put this narrative out. They're like, oh, he can't. They want to fight. My nigga won't fight Francis. Trust me. He's not going to fucking fight Francis. He's stupid if he does that. He's going to fight Jan, uh, the Polish guy, or I don't want to pronounce his last name. I'll fuck it up. But he or um, Dominic Reyes rematch again. And then he's probably going to go heavyweight and fight the champ if whoever has the belt at the time. But trust me, he does not want fucking smoke with Francis. No one wants that smoke. I don't think, I was about right say, I don't think anybody wants to so. smoke with Francis. He's one of the hottest dudes out right now. And fuck no. Yeah, bro. If he, if, if he, I, I bet you he won't. I bet you he won't. Like he's expecting me to. I bet he won't. I already said I will, and I already set the date. I don't give a fuck if he has a belt. I just want that ass. I want that head. That's it. No pause. Play still. End. You want that ass and that head? Pause. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I don't want to pause. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get a little bit more mature and not try to pause people anymore. But you, you left it wide open, brother. You left it wide open. Goddamn. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, it's hey, it's been such a fun like just watching your like star kind of rise. Like I feel like we've known each other for years now, and you know, seeing you go from. Not unknown, but like the the you haven't changed. Like you you're the same you're the same dude. Like you're the same. Not giving a like this like unfiltered. This like I'm gonna talk my shit. I'm gonna say what I want to say because one I could back it up, and two who's gonna stop me? Type of attitude you've had since then, and now that you're the champ and the target's on you, everybody's coming at you. Like I feel I literally just Google searched your name right before we started just to you know get just to see if there's anything I might miss. And I feel like every day there's mm-hmm. a new person calling you out, trying to take your title, trying to, you know, get that big payday with you. Yeah. Because not only are you a great fight right now, you're 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 the, one of the faces of the entire company. You are, you know, one of the top money getters for them. Yeah. So how does it feel to kind of have that bullseye on your back now more than ever, especially after a fight where, what it, you know, what it wasn't, it wasn't that entertaining. It wasn't a typical style bender fight, but you did what you had to do to win. And now everyone's like, I, I want that. I want yeah. that that shot at you now. Yeah. That's, that's exactly – it's recency bias, my man. Everyone forgets. Like, you're like Roy Jones, you almost forgot because of the <laughs> last fight. And that wasn't even my fault. Like I said, it's like I, I showed up, I'm ready to fight, and I'm standing against the statue. And then I'm like, okay – we didn't prep for this. This is not something he's ever done before. So I had to adapt to it. And then even in the f- the first punch, it didn't rock me, didn't flash me, but his knuckle pushed my eyeball back. And right. like a, like a, what do you call it? A non-response, like it was a involuntary response. I just went like that. I was like, ooh. And I kind of like kept my hand out because it really put like, it sent my eyeball in my head. And I was like, Gross. okay, here comes the barrage. He knows I'm hurt. He knows I'm compromised. Here comes the barrage. But then he just stood there. And I remember he went to his corner and went, just wait, wait, wait. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to wait. And I waited till my eye cleared out. And I kind of finished the round strong and went to the second round. But I, that, if Anderson Silva himself, when he hurt me, he jabbed me in the eye twice in the second round. And then he started to press the action. He started to create, you know, movement. He started, he's trying to make me make mistakes. He didn't just stand there and wait. That's just the most bizarre fucking game plan I've ever seen. And, you know, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I'm not an idiot, you know? I'm not going to do the exact same thing that made me get 
punched in the fucking eye, you know. Right. Um, but then I still did what I did. I felt like he posted some old footage of him running, you know, the next day. I'm like, yeah, right. I know, like, anyone who knows what a leg kick feels like knows he wasn't walking. And that was my plan. I, was, I had to adjust. I had a different plan. Trust me. What was the different plan? I, I told I, I told people to – I was going to knock him out. I told people to put money on this fight. People that I know, like, I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to knock him out. And I – yeah. Let's just put it this way. I gave people the, the heads up that I'm going to knock him out. Like, trust me. I'm, I'm coming for that. Like, just the way he fights normally, the way he fights normally, I knew – how do I put it this way? A bull, like a matador, just the way he would come come at me, I would be able bull to China shot. Shot. And I had it ready. I had it set, but he just stood there. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Like he's just going to be crazy and run through and run into something. Kind of like Derek Brunson did in New York. Right. But a little bit different. I was going to do it a little bit different. And that was my money shot. But then he didn't play ball, and I had to call it off. Audible and that game plan. And for me, I hated that fight. I still haven't watched it. I still haven't watched it back just because for me, I feel like it didn't, it didn't, you know, it didn't entertain me, you know, for someone who really looks, I fucking trained 12 weeks for a fight and I get this guy who's just going to stand there and then pretend and show some, some looks like he's trying to do something. And it's like, dude, if you really, this is your last shot at the belt, you're, you're ever going to get at any title. You, you, you go after it. You really, like he said, go, go. Mm. But he didn't. He stood and waited like a bitch. So what did y'all talk about after the fight? What did what did you did you tell him like yo like you kind of blew your last chance at this? No, nah, I didn't even talk to him after the fight. And I, I what did I say? I said something like if you stick around or something, I'll see you soon. I can't remember what I said, but he'll never see me soon. Me and Dana talked afterwards in his private quarters, and even Dana said like, like what the fuck was that guy up to? And I was like, I know because Dana knows I fucking fight. If right. someone throws, if you show up like a gaslight fight. People forget already, like I said, the recency bias, they forget, like, the Gaslam fight. When someone, when, when Gaslam rocked me in the first round, they all thought, ooh, this is it. It's all over now. He, the hype train about to end. And I just came, I, sh- I rose to the occasion, and I fucked him up. And in the fifth round, even after I got, in the fourth round, after I got hurt with the head kick, in the fifth round, I even doubled it him in the water. Mm. But people forget, so this next fight is going to be my way to remind people, keep my name out your mouth. Cause yeah, it's a, it's a big mistake. That Brunson fight was a, was the last guy that was talking shit and had my name in his mouth, and he thought he was invincible. So I can't wait for this one, so I can show people again and remind them who the fuck I am. So talk talk to me about the Ricky Martin looking dude, man. Like you you said you said that it's a little bit personal because this guy's had his name in your mouth for a while, and uh, you know you you guys been jabbing back and forth, and you know the, there's a quote out there that says yeah he looks like Ricky Martin but he hits like Mike Tyson. What should what should be what should people be aware of when it comes to this next fight when it happens? When it happens, um, what they should be aware of is his confidence, his overconfidence. He really thinks he can just take my my shots and then just walk through them and keep coming. I'm like, all right, Kelvin had that kind of game plan as well. Kind of hadn't thought like, oh, I'll just walk through a shit and that's it. Wait, two seconds, can you pause for a second. I have to take care of something. Give me two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can pause. I just got some mail. Hold up. No problem. No problem. Thank you. No, all good. Whoop. What time is it over there? Afternoon? 
You there? Yeah, I'm there. All right. Yeah, so you say so you, 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 you think you could just walk through your shit, and that was plans that other people have, but it didn't work. You look at them, they all say the same thing, and he's even more deluded because he's actually really dumb. He's actually <laughs> stupid. You know what I mean? Like, he's probably got a brain the size of a squirrel, you know, like a squirrel's <laughs> brain. But um, I'll put it this way. This is a classic fight. You know, I just say he hits like Mike Tyson. This is like a fantasy Ali versus Tyson fight. A tall, powerful, lanky, heavyweight who moves around, jabs, dances around, pops you, counters you. And then there's this guy who who's just a marauder who walks forward and just uh, 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 with his T-Rex arms. Right. Well, well, well. This is the fight that the people have wanted to see for years in boxing, but they never got to see. And now it's going to happen in MMA, except now I've got knees, elbows, kicks, and I'm going to use them all against this guy. And I know one thing for sure. There's no way this shit's going to the ground unless he's on the ground. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. I know I, I'm, I'm being straight up with you. That last fight yeah. wasn't it. That last fight I wasn't know. it. And oh, I, and I, love watching I know. Fight. You can tell me. I know. I know that. And I'm disappointed in that fight just because I had a shit upon it. Because I know, I know how I fight. I've never been in a boring fight in my life. In right. over 100 fights. I've been literally kickboxing, boxing, MMA, not even talking street fights. I've never been in a boring fight in my life, ever. I've never signed up for that. Yeah. I would rather be I've been knocked out than have that happen. But the fact that that happened is like, put it this way, like my, my director told me, the guy who's helped me produce my documentary, he said, we needed something for your story to be like, you know, every, like a movie starts like this. And then yeah. you have that bit where it, it starts to go to shit. And this is that bit, because then it's like, oh, a bad performance and this big, ESPN debut and it's like oh then the the critics afterwards and then Corona hits and then now this is the rise for for the finale of the movie not the finale but for the next bit of the movie where you start to like the, the rising bah, bah, action bah, bah, bah. so you know what I mean that dip and, and the storytelling exactly yeah and and I've been blessed with that dip so for me I've been blessed with it's better than losing like example and Diaz um choked out McGregor that was in his documentary that was his dip and then he came back and beat Diaz. And then it became dope. So for me, this is my dip in my movie. And we don't want me to lose just to create a dip. But like, this is my dip. So it was, it's, bro, I'm a fucking Matrix player one shit. I've been saying this. I said it in New York, Madison Square Garden. I started the game at level three. These boys are still bots and they're loading. So yeah, this is the dip I needed. And then now everyone's doubting me. And they're all like, man, this guy, you know, I knew it. He's just a runner and this and that. I'm like, ooh. Okay. Keep that same energy. So, in time, in time, they're gonna find out. In time, in time, man. Let's let's switch gears a little bit, man. Uh, yo, Joe Rogan, a hundred mil, yeah, a year for the Joe Rogan podcast, man. Oh, bro, insane. Hey, my man. Hey, that's that's that. I think he said Fear Factor was the one that gave him that fuck you money. This is <laughs> fuck you and your mother and your father and everybody money. Like straight up. That is that's good money, especially every year for probably the rest of he can do that shit till he's dead. Oh my god. He can just sit there and talk to that's that's some um, different guests till he's dead. Bruh, one Set. year. Just one year of those and you're good for life. Yeah. It's uh, that's some Howard Stern <laughs> shit, man. That's some exactly. like so the game, game has has officially changed. Yeah, as far as like not even just podcasting, just straight up yeah, media and content consuming, 
and being a guy who's been on his show, who is, you know, one of the voices of UFC and, and, and all everything that comes with that, man. Like, what was what was the first thing you thought of when you first heard that number from Spotify and the Joe Rogan podcast? Carry on? I, can't, I couldn't hear that last bit. I said, what was the first thing that, that came Wait, to your mind? The last bit again? What was the first thing that came to your mind when that number first uh, hit? Ah. Uh, I'm rich, bitch. Seriously, that that's just. I, I if you look at my story, I had a look. Home, I kind of congratulated him because I was like, "Man, that's really cool," and I congratulated him. Yeah, I him the whole thing infographic on that. the story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I, I put that together. Yeah, I was like, yeah, like, like, that really doesn't look like a lot now, like does it? <laughs> yeah, nah. I'm I'm happy for him, like because you know I've I used to listen to the show for me personally. That was the first podcast I ever. That's what got me into podcasting, right? And that was you know it kept me busy at my old dead end job. Fuck, I would have gone postal on that bitch if I didn't have it in my head. Where was you working at? By by the way, it was a gas company, like uh, through the gas line. So I just sent people out to fix meters and I get people to install meters and shit. But I was in the office and I was just it was a it was a dead end job. I was working with numbers and data entry. It was just all data entry and it was uh-huh. menial. So I could just do it with a podcast in my ear. And it just kept me, it kept the day going. It kept it because it's like a three hour podcast. I could listen to two of those, you know, every, every day and just get, it kept the day running smooth. So yeah. And then to be on the show twice and I was like, damn, it's, it's pretty cool. And now it's like, bro, the game's changed. He's the new, he's the new media. That's the new media. Like, you guys, this this whole this is after this COVID shit. No, I didn't even know what Zoom was till to Corona, and now Zoom is probably like one of the biggest apps in the fucking world. You know, so Same. everything's right. changed. The games changed. The this whole shit, the TV, that <laughs> done. I don't even. I never watched CNN. You know, Nigerian parents like growing up in a Nigerian household. My dad always had BBC or CNN on. And I was like, is that? Do you watch anything other than news or football? Never. Just that. That's what they ever had on, <laughs> and they get fed. They get fed so much lies. The older generation, they get fed so much lies. And yeah. Don't and, and, you know, we got Nigerian we, parents, so anytime they hear something on the news, the first thing they're doing, calling you up. You're like, Izzy, you ain't hear that? Of course. Blah, 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 you got the WhatsApp? I'm like, yeah, You got the sure. WhatsApp shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's bullshit. Straight up, you ever get the... WhatsApp. Oh my gosh! Like the fucking WhatsApp. the WhatsApp uh, uh, yeah. chain letters or yeah. the chain mails or whatever the fuck that they. <laughs> yeah. If I could, if I could, if I could wipe out my, uh, Facebook and WhatsApp from my mom's and like all of my Nigerian fucking relatives' <laughs> lives, it would save so oh, much man. wrinkles and headaches from my life. Do you understand that Nigerian parents will believe anything as long as it's on WhatsApp? <laughs> They'll believe anything. Like my mom could see CNN, BBC, or if, if somebody were on Facebook or WhatsApp right now and said and told my mom that I had four dicks, she'd believe it. <laughs> and she would call me up and be like, "Yo, what's going on?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, you gotta stop. Where you, you gotta stop TV looking from? for the guy." Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh man um last last couple of questions before before we get you out of here i'm just really happy to to see you and talk to you it's been like forever man it's been goddamn almost just about a year since i've since i've seen a you year and a half now yeah just yeah. about and uh man the last time i saw you 
you like shut down the the sports world with that incredible entrance with that dance that choreography that you did with your oh, boys yeah. you know going into the ring and i feel like that was i mean obviously your star was already on the rise but that moment right there was when everybody was like oh this motherfucker is a star like this is this is this is a show he's putting on the show right now so with that yeah. being said i mean i'd like to know just as far as dancing is concerned and, and everything that you've put into, you know, that passion of yours outside of just fighting, where do you think that's going to take you? Like what's, what's been, how, how much do you use that as an outlet when you're not fighting or do you just kind of use them? How do they kind of coincide with each other? For me, dancing is just life. I dance every day Mm -hmm. just in myself, in my living space. See, I got like all the space and I'm even building the, I'm building a house right now, and I already added a studio, like a dance studio. Like, just not even a dance, just a studio. It could be a music studio, right. dance studio with a stage. I already added that in my head, so I'm going to put that to the architects, and they're going to make that for me part of my house because it's just part of my life. It's part of who I am. So I had to, like I said, show myself in that, that fight in Melbourne in the biggest stage. This, this, I think the largest um, attendance in UFC history. So for me, I felt like I had to show out. And in my backyard, just across the fucking pond in Australia, I had to show out. And I told them, it's it's my way or no way. And I did. And I know, like I said, motherfuckers were looking at that like, I hope this nigga gets knocked out. I I ain't going to hold you. When I saw that, I was like, I really hope this nigga don't get knocked out. (laughs) He got to whip his ass now. (laughs) Yeah. I have to. And I like doing that for me. It's like a thing like I raise the bar so I can clear it. So that way when I clear it, it's even more amazing. When I, I've, I've been in Vegas many times. I don't really gamble in Vegas. I barely gamble in Vegas. But right. Sky Tower over here, we have a casino. And when I used to gamble quite heavily, I'm going to have to get the, like 500 on 22. Let's see what happens. Like, I'm that, I'm that person. I'm that person. I just like that feeling of risking it all, putting it out there, letting your nuts hang. And then what, what, what are they going to say? If you fail, cool. I did something. I tried. But what if you succeed? That's what people forget. They think you're scared of failure, but that's not people are scared to succeed sometimes because what if they do succeed? And I knew I was going to – and that was just – it's still my favorite fight in, 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 um, in my career. Before that, it was a Brad Tavares fight. Right. But this fight, the 2-4-3-1, was my favorite because I just got to show myself. I got to show myself to the world. And the last entrance was pretty tight too, but the fight didn't live up to it. If not, it would have been more hype. But like it was like a dedication to my cat that passed away, and also I liked the little coming to America vibes. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was making my ESPN debut, like you know what I mean. So that one, I don't know if you saw that one. It was me, and I had like two, I two black girls, dark skinned girls next to me, yep. you know. And that was tight. Like I thought that was really subtle. But yeah, this next one, I just want to walk out and just whoop this guy. I want to walk out like Jet Li <laughs> in that Unleash movie. You know, have a collar around my neck and then just take it off and walk in there and just destroy this motherfucker. I want no basca silada, trust me. Ooh, Kaz, Kazim, Kazim. I just tell you, I can't wait, bro. Please, I can't bro. Wait, man. Izzy, you are the most entertaining fighter on the planet right now. I'm glad I could call you a friend. I'm glad we could shoot the shit. 
Anytime we want to. I'm, I'm relaunching the show on Whistle Sports. It's a huge network. So shout out to Whistle Sports. And there's nobody in the world yeah. I would want to talk to first than with my man, Israel Adesanya. Thank you so much. All the way from New Zealand right now. It's, awesome. it's damn near midnight. Hey, I think it, your right day now. is just getting started. Uh, it's like, yeah, we're around 4 o'clock, almost 4 o'clock. It's nice outside. Oof, Jesus night. Christ. Well, I mean, shit. <laughs> Hopefully, well, I'm going to have let you enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully, when the world gets back to normal and you get back to New York City or L.A. or wherever the hell, I'm going to find you. We'll and we're going to do this together, again, bro. We're going to kick like we're supposed definite, to. Definite, definite. Bro, stay, stay safe. Love you, man. Stay safe. Stay clean. And we're going to watch you kick some more ass oh, for the rest of the year, brother. Easy ass. Yes, sir. <laughs> Peace, be safe and be well.